You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the Girl It's Lunchbox. It's Wednesday. I'm joined by Jesse. Yeah, wacky, wacky Wednesday. W- wacky, wacky Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like w- wacky racers? Kind of like that, only where, where Facebook doesn't work. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it's, it's like a, that's post-apocalyptic Facebook. It's still there. It's just real janky. <laughs> janky book. Jank book. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a day. If the Young Turks had anything to say about it. Yeah, that's a good point. Jank book. What are we doing today? Woo. We will be discussing, because we had movie homework. If you didn't do your homework, that's fine. Uh, I, have, I suspect a lot of people have seen this anyway. Uh, but we will be discussing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I, as usual, also have some uh, you know news stories and stuff. I know Melanie watched the movie, and I see she's up and about, so I suspect she'll be joining us shortly. Anybody in the chat? Did you do the homework? You've seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? It's on Netflix. Uh, I don't know what. It just got added late last month, maybe? Uh, so that's why we landed on that. Plus, I kind of wanted to see it. I hadn't watched it yet, and it did intrigue me. If it tells you anything about my thoughts on it i watched it twice since since it was assigned i watched it yesterday and the day before yeah yeah. like uh, i saw it in theater and then i saw it as soon as it came out and then every once in a while i just kind of randomly started it just because melanie (laughs) hi how's it going i i really i hate i hate it on the computer i hate this i hate this on the computer yeah it's not it is not geared it's yeah it's mobile first that's for sure there's like there should be a way. I click on it and ugh, I, I'm done talking about it. Let's go on. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie's Wednesday starting off right. Wacky, wacky. Is Wednesday. that the, is that right? <laughs> makes me, I don't know why, but it makes me think of Wild Wild West. Wacky, wacky Wednesday. <laughs> wacky, oh, wacky Wednesday. <laughs> uh, that, you know, that just proves the resilience of Will Smith's career because uh, if he can come back from that, he can come back from anything, really. Yeah, that, movie's a, that movie is a train wreck. Yes, it is. <laughs> Where's the giant robot spiders? Asks Matt. First, before we really jump into this movie thing, Matt D is in the chat section today. He has a rotating name. And today his name is Green Hornet. Why is that? Why is that something that he's... Because he drives with? the Black Beetle and he has a valet. <laughs> a kung fu oh. valet, you might say. That, 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 that had a cadence. I like it. I want a Kung Fu valet. <laughs> right, right. But like specifically a Chinese uh, valet with a Japanese name who also happens to be like uh, the greatest martial arts artist of all time. Or at least, <laughs> you know, paved the way for some of the greatest martial artists of all time. The OK, this is a minor side tangent. I would say we're kind of burying the lead on this whole thing. The. <laughs> uh, 
the minority sidekick thing is weird. Of course, if you're going to have a Kung Fu valet, it, it better be somebody like Bruce Lee. But I do like, it's not a great movie, but that modern kind of remake of it, mm-hmm. reboot or modern version with Seth Rogen, kind of handled it right, although it ruined Green Hornet's character a little bit. But in that, even though it looked like the valet was his sidekick, he was the hero. Uh-huh. Yeah. I kind of appreciated that. So anyway, why are we talking about Green Hornet? <laughs> well, because uh, Matt D has a new episode out, and uh, you can check it out at Sixties Reboot Podcast. Uh, and hey, he's got he's got a, a new a new guest host on that episode. <gasps> Who is it? It's me. What? Like I a, was on the show. <laughs> that's like a kung fu kick surprise kick out of nowhere that I didn't even see coming. <laughs> You didn't know. You didn't that's, know it was coming. That's because Jesse's good. At his you got to get your hands up at all times. You never know when somebody's going to punch you in the head. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't listened yet, but I am excited to check that out. We we cover that a little bit. The whole the whole uh, like potentially flipping the script. Like I, I really played with the idea of of, of not making Cato uh, Asian at all and flipping it <laughs> and making making basically the Asian character, the Green Hornet. But we we've but I waffled back and forth and and I I, I went on model I, I stuck with the model at least for at least at least for that part because uh, it's like you know and that's kind of the spirit of the character and whatnot and can you imagine the like like my thought was like to do it differently than the Iron Fist thing where they had that whole outcry that outrage oh yeah but, yeah but I was like you know what it would double down on the outrage if I tried to recast Bruce Lee no way. Yeah. No way. If I tried to, we were like, you you are worse than the original, sir. <laughs> okay. So, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, Spider Spider Universe, Spider Man into the Spider Man Inception. If you watched this movie or have watched this movie and you have thoughts, you're welcome to call in. We will take a call in, but you don't have to. I want to say who said it. Uh, Jasper said right off it was a excellent movie, amazing movie. So I'm I'm fond of cartoons though. This was kind of a great way to introduce introduce Miles Morales and play into the whole Spider-Verse idea. Uh you couldn't have done I mean like they're they're already talking about oh we could see in our lifetime a live action Spider-Verse and it's like mm, well they already did it perfect. So don't. Yeah. It was almost perfect. There wasn't a black cat I saw anywhere. And Writing a spider buggy, perhaps? Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. What? The filmmakers uh, aren't privy to our inside jokes? No. I mean, who wants to watch something like that? How how are they going to make a Spider-Man animated thing without consulting us? There was, I did see the spider buggy in that spider cave. The Spider-Man had this thing? Did you? I I don't recall seeing it in the cave. I didn't see it until the entrance. It was in the cave, but then also, yeah, in the uh, end credits animations. I mean, it kind of it kind of harkens to the whole uh, Sp- Spider-Man is rich thing, which happened after uh, after Superior Spider-Man, where basically Doc Ock did it better for a while and made Peter Parker rich. And so now he has all sorts of money and all sorts of, you know, I mean, like, oh. so it, sort of, but not really. It was never a cave that I'm aware of. Okay. Was it in the shed in the backyard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jasper says that sounds like a horrible adult film title. I'm guessing Spider-Man into the Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Spider-Shed. Oh, 
They're going to make it if they haven't already, man. So, yeah, someone's already doing it. Uh, trademark that. <laughs> I don't think we can. Really. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't know why. To at least I don't part know of it. why. You just take the hyphen out and then it's, yeah, you're fine. That's true. Jasper says rule 34. Oh, yeah, I mean, no, if you're talking Spider-Man porn in general, yeah, it definitely exists. Okay, so yes, yeah, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse came out last year. I feel like this is redundant, like everybody knows, but I'll just go ahead and say the overview here, according to the movie db.org, because that's where I like to go, because their information is Creative Commons. Miles Morales is juggling his life between being a high school student and being a Spider-Man. When Wilson Kingpin Fisk, who, by the way, I really wish they would have got D'Onofrio to reprise, it would have been very different, uh, uses a super collider, Others from across the Spider-Verse are transported to this dimension. That's a little vague, but I guess that's okay. Other spider people. Yeah. And You'd be, uh, I'm surprised there weren't, weren't other like bad guys brought over too. Well, I mean, Peter Parker got like I, shoved into the beam at the beginning. So that's kind yeah. of where, and this is not, yeah, we're going to talk spoilers on this eventually. I guess if we must, we can hold off for a little bit on spoilers. But I feel like this is not a movie that hinges on its plot twists. It's, I mean, not to say there's not surprising stuff. There are. But if you look at the overarching plot, it's not really anything surprising. Right. Pretty much what you ex- what you would expect. I feel like this excels in other areas. Yeah. So I, I know we've already touched on it a little bit, but overall thoughts, like, overall impressions of this uh i i watched this twice in the last two days so of course i hated it (laughs) (laughs) melanie watched it with me last night loud greetings to the world what's the topic today giovanni we are talking about spider-man into the spider-verse and then we'll hit like tv and movie news later on but if you've seen it you're welcome to join in our discussion i liked it it was good, but I, I'm not seeing its praises to the world necessarily. It just I'm just saying it's, it's okay. You should watch it. Okay, that's a gl- glowing review. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it, but it's not perfect. No, I loved no, aspects of it for sure. And what, whatever you know, I always get hung up on the ratings, like star ratings and stuff. So when I first I watched it the first time and I was a little torn I was like "Mm, four stars but maybe higher maybe higher like there's some amazing stuff going on here Mm -hmm. it's kind of um not necessarily groundbreaking because I don't know that it's doing anything that hasn't been done in some other form but it's doing a lot of stuff that hasn't like in terms of animation and stuff that hasn't been done by a big studio in a feature-length film format um so I really appreciated that but upon the second viewing I'm like you know what four stars is good don't need to go higher because there are issues, but it's a solid, solid movie. When I think initial watch, you you have limited expectation on the initial watch because, you know, we've been burned by animated features before. So when you get something as solid as this, it kind of it kind of knocks your socks off, at least initially. And then you go back and you realize, oh, well, it's it's good. It's yeah. good. Jasper says it's my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite hero movie. Love the different art styles and how the story flowed. Matt D says best use of multiple art styles to tell a story. So, yeah, I mean, that's obviously I think it has more than just the art going for it. But that is the main thing for me. Like, that's what interested me in it. In particular, the fact that and I don't know why this is really was such a draw. But when I seen one of the first trailers for the first time where you actually see the uh, 
see what it looks like, the art style. I noticed they did the thing where the animation is not super smooth. It's it's cut down to make it look more like traditionally animated film where it they're not even going 24 frames. It's like maybe 12 frame. The animation movement is like 12 frames per second or something like that at times. So that is really what kind of drew me because it that's one of the things where I'm like, I bet it took some convincing of the studio to be like, no, 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 it doesn't have to be super smooth. We know it's CG, but it's supposed to look like animation. And so, yeah, just there's lots of little things like that. And it's not even consistent. Like you notice certain characters look like have different styles at the same time. Some look very CG while others are very flat and anime, uh, like hand-drawn looking, even though it's all CG. Some of them have giant bodies, tiny little heads. You you were really (laughs) hung up on Kingpin. God, he looks stupid and gross. I, I will agree though. It's a weird decision because no one else is that stylized. Everyone else is fairly proportional. Yeah. Except him. He's just a wall of black suit and a head. Tiny little weird head. <laughs> the colors. I don't know. I did, I really liked how stylized it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, you know, whatever Spider-Man into the spider verse has amazing animation. That's not a surprise. That's kind of the thing everybody I think grabbed onto. But what about it beyond that? Because I feel like it does, it does a lot of things beyond the typical, I guess, superhero thing. Jesse, I'm curious about your thoughts on because it's an origin story that knows yeah. knows everyone's tired of origin stories, yet puts you through six origin stories. <laughs> I liked that that was the gag. Like I did, like, but I mean, towards towards the end, it's like, oh my god, again, are we doing this again? But yeah, uh, the fact that they played it for laughs kind of made it easier a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there if there is a part that gets a little annoying for me, it is that. But uh, no, it was it was it was a decent one, and you know you're introducing characters that you know the the casual Spider-Man fan is uh, is going for Peter Parker, so they don't know anything about Miles Morales necessarily, unless they're uh, really really reading. You know, if they're if they're reading Spider-Man, then they know all about Miles Morales. But if they're not reading it anything current, then uh, Peter Parker's always been their Spider-Man, and so th- this bears. This bears some origin, especially when you start dipping into the the really strange side universe stuff like Spider Gwen, mm-hmm. or Peter Parker. Who I don't even think that. Well, and that's such uh, an old. I mean, like that was back in the eighties when we had. Because uh, I have I have issues of uh, spectacular spectacular Spider Ham. <laughs> Melanie did was not a fan of Peter Parker. I was not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it's, it's it's funny, it's funny stuff, uh, but it, it, like eventually it gets to the to a point where I'm like, really, this ne- it's just ridiculous. It's not necessary, and I, I want to hurry. Come on, let's get to it. I, I feel like they didn't they didn't really abuse Peter Peter Porker Spider Ham. They didn't use him as much as I was worried they might. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they did, I was okay with it. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Matt D says I also like how they kept retelling each character, uh, how each character came into the universe. Yeah, I did like the. The repeti- there's a lot of comedy and repetition and also like setting up a lot of gags that are based on setting up an expectation and then not going there. Matt D also said Peter Porker is hilarious. I love how they embrace the Bronze Age funny animal. Yeah. Uh, Jasper says, gosh dang, Melanie is a freaking hater. Because I'm not a big fan <laughs> of ham. That's all there is. Jasper, have you ever listened to the show? This opinion is not the surprise. <laughs> Matt D 
Spider ham, spider ham does what a ham does. How can you not love ham? I, I like bacon. <laughs> yeah. But there ham? you go. Yeah. Making bacon pancakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that does touch on one of one of the issues. I, it's not terrible. For, for the most part, I like the humor. I love the meta stuff, of course, because that's, uh, of course, I was going to. I feel bad, but I am kind of a sucker for it. So I love the meta stuff. I love the humor that came out of that. I did like the repeating origins or, you know, they just kind of blow through them. But I, I did enjoy that. The humor's not bad. There's not anything that I can recall that really made me roll my eyes. But there is a lot of like kind of middle of the road, typical humor. Mm-hmm. And I think the formulaic stuff is the stuff that bugs me a little bit most about it. It's the family family movie, Pixar almost, uh, you know, Incredibles did similar type things where it's just a certain tone and attitude. Where, and where the energy. dad is like, you've got to say it. you got to say I love you. I love you, yeah. son. <laughs> yeah, which is amusing. Like, I enjoyed yeah. that, but it's so, like, it's a formula. and yeah. And they have it down. And it makes the stuff that's trying to be earnest feel less earnest yeah. to me. And that's my major issue with this movie, I think. It's just that stuff. And it's not bad. It's okay. It's amusing. I didn't expect it to be anything else. And at least it's not trying to do that and failing. Like, it's doing it. But that was right. my least favorite aspect of the movie. It's just kind of the formulaic stuff that, you know. Yeah, I want a Peter Parker that nobody loves. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie had a really good point about... Speaking of the kind of the humor, the Peter B. Parker character seemed very off Peter Parker's character. Like, I get it. He's older, divorced, but he he was much more Deadpool than Peter Parker. I mean, not as wacky, but he definitely had that kind of attitude. I was running around in those sweatpants. I was like, all I can see right now is Deadpool, really. Oh, sure. Because he has, yeah, he has that attitude, which is fine. I love Deadpool, but I just don't expect it from Spider-Man. Which is funny because it's almost like the reverse criticism that Deadpool gets. Most people are like, well, Deadpool's just a, a sassier version of Spider-Man. Interesting. Much well, that makes sense if you sass up Spider-Man. It starts feeling Deadpoolish. <laughs> That's because they, they both wore the same outfit, you know? Right. I, I was interested in some of the backstory stuff, I guess, of what's, what's the guy's name? Or not? The, the bad guy. I forgot. I don't know how I can forget it. We just said it two minutes Keep ago. In? Oh, the Prowler? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm surprised nobody ever tried to like point out to him that it was him. Uh, you know? None of the Spider-Mans even. I don't know. What, what do you mean? That the reason his family left him was him, not Spider-Man. Oh, well, no. I mean, I he has to know this, right? Like, I, It's one of those things where he okay. know. I'm sure he knows it, but he still needs wants to put his anger somewhere. So he's going to blame Spider-Man for his supposed role in it but they just need to reflect a mirror at him and they can see it so he can just need to stare into a white painting for a while that's that's what he was missing jesse i'm curious because okay so i don't i don't recall ever reading anything miles morales okay so i'm curious as our comparatively as our resident marvel expert compared to melanie and myself how is this origin for miles compared to whatever might be considered the more canon origin from the comics to Miles. And you also said you had strong opinion or had opinions on the, whether that or not this is a definitive Miles Morales. Okay. So, you know, like, and my, 
my opinion of this has softened over time. But when I first uh, when I first watched it, um, super friend of the show, Axon Kaler, he had seen it first and uh, he he had said it was, you know, he had said it was the perfect Miles Morales story. And and I think a lot of people would agree with that. I think it's a really good Miles Morales story. But as soon as somebody says something like that, it, like it perfect, it. Eh? yeah it's like oh i'm gonna look for, i'm gonna nitpick this thing now right so uh i don't know i really like the original miles morales take uh and and in some ways uh where that deviates from this it to me it kind of cuts some of the legs out from under this miles having all the spider-man around you know like in the original there was no spider-man i mean it, it's almost exactly the same except they never met Spider-Man and and Miles never met, but he does reside in the universe where Peter Parker was Spider-Man first and then Spider-Man falls. He dies. And the origin beyond that is kind of kind of the same in that he he gains his powers in an accident that involves his uncle, the Prowler. His uncle, the Prowler, has stolen this stuff from Osborne's laboratories and the spider bites Miles, and then Miles gets spider powers that are slightly different than Spider-Man's. So he's in a world without a Spider-Man at all, and uh, he starts out w- without any kind of support whatsoever and is becomes Spider-Man in spite of that. And I think that's a really strong, uh, that's a really strong origin for somebody to become a hero despite all odds and despite really nobody helping him along the way. And I shouldn't say nobody because, you know, at some point he, he gets some support and then he gets some, you know, like people start to support his bid as Spider-Man. But like uh, in this, you've got him as the worst Spider-Man throughout the most of the movie. And that bothers me just a little bit, you know, in that like, and, and I don't want to get too SJW about it, but it's like, okay, we need every other white character to show him how to do it. Right. No, there was a little Asian girl. Well, that's what I mean. Well, okay. She, she so. didn't really teach him, though. Um, okay, before I have thoughts on this, I do. But I do want to say, Matt D says, I totally agree. Miles' origin is more interesting in comics. I like the discovery without help, more like classic Spider-Man. I will say, to me, that's like, and I get it, like they need, they're they're disintegrating, but it does kind of come across like they're painting him as the worst Spider-Man. But the issue is like, it's not, he's not the worst Spider-Man. He's literally brand new. He's like 24 to 48 hours into having his powers. And they're really hard on him given like he literally just got his powers. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the thing. That's, uh, I guess it's a little thing that bugged me where it's like, it just, well, you knew he was going to master them somehow by the end of the movie anyway, but it bugs me that, those the the characters and maybe they were just trying to push him to get to that breaking point but yeah it bugs me that the characters didn't they didn't even really say it like that they're just like he's he's maybe they said he's not ready but i don't know man yeah it just seems weird that they wouldn't be like you know what we get it you're you're like it's not a big deal you're brand new or maybe they could i don't know teach him in a little bit instead of like these beating him up and then these speeches about how he's not ready like take that time to teach him yeah how to do stuff right but 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 some of the powers like his coolest powers are ones that they don't have so they can't really teach him those but i mean i feel like they could coach him a little bit more in yeah because i'm assuming it works like the sticking to things and they all can do that for the most part penny's penny's different but they all can do that for the most part where it's just like they could coach him into the like the zen of i don't know 
kind of swing, you know, the, the swinging thing, which I guess we get a little bit of that. Like, here's how you, here's how you spin a web and swing. Except they don't spin webs. They're all fake. They are all fake. Only really, only the real Peter can really shoot webs. <laughs> so, um, I had a question about the spider that bit him. Was that from, was that from another universe? Because it, yeah. it glitched a bunch. So that, so he has other universes spider powers. It seemed like, um, and that's where it, that's where it also gets a little dicey. It's like, yeah, because yeah. they had Alchemax on the uh, on the spider and the Alchemax. That's a corporation from the future in a different universe, which we see at the very, very, very end of the movie with Spidey 2099. The end scene is one of my favorite things. That's I one love, of my yeah. favorite comic book and movie end scenes ever. That, I was spending the whole movie hoping that they were going to do a 2099 thing. And then it was in the end credits. And I was like, OK. It's okay now. Everything's good. Everything's right in the world. <laughs> 60s cartoon. You point at me. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was the best. Matt D says, oh, God, let's not go into Raimi Spider-Man. Let's. let's. <laughs> because I enjoyed, and of course they would then kill this Spider-Man off right away, but I enjoyed that the Spider-Man that exists in Miles Morales's universe was pretty much the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all the little, I mean, he looks different, obviously, but all the little things that he he did were from the Span, Sam Raimi movies, and I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, that uh, this happened. They, yeah, they even did the, uh, you know, the emo Peter Parker dance walk. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know. I like that. I like the nod to that. And then it's funny that that's the Spider-Man they kill off right away. Also was a little surprised when they actually killed off, the, I mean, of course... It's a movie full of Spider-Man. So if there's a Spider-Man movie where they can manage to kill off one. Right. But I don't like Spider-Ham. I'm sorry, Maggie. I don't care for Spider-Ham, but I don't like Porky Pig either. If that helps any. And I'm sorry. I don't like Porky Pig. They have speech therapists. Okay. Maggie agrees with you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they, have, they have a speech there. Speaking of speech. Uh, how about that? Nick Cage. Um, that may be my favorite Nick Cage thing ever. I couldn't place it at first. I'm like, who? I know that voice. Who is that voice? <laughs> Melanie. Yeah. Melanie placed it instantly. She's like, is that is that Nick Cage? And I'm like, yep. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. So the Spider-Man noir was was fun. Earlier in the comments, Maggie had said that in doing research for her podcast, she was floored at all the neat things that the animators used and created to just for this film. So you were right when you were saying that there were things that you didn't think anybody had done before with the animation. I mean, there's definitely it feels groundbreaking. I just figured they were kind of using a bunch of techniques that, yes, Maggie, you should definitely call in. I bet you've been doing all kinds of research into this movie. Hey, Maggie. Hello. Hey, guys. And hi, Melanie. I'm so glad I actually get to talk to you for just a second. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> hey, so I just, I am, I've been doing so much research for our first episode you know, which is crazy that it's also into the Spider-Verse. But just to kind of give you a sneak peek on some of the stuff, yes, one of the things I found out that I thought was absolutely brilliant and what made this movie so incredible was that an entire new animation program was actually created just for the movie, and it has completely transformed how animation could possibly be used for feature films in the future. Basically, what it is, is usually for CGI, you lay down a a bunch of base vectors and everything, and then you lay animation over top of it. 
this new animation program was completely different. What they did for the movie and the reason that it looks the way it does, and it looks literally like hand-drawn animation pulled out of a page from the comic book, but it's in motion, is because what it is, is instead of laying computer-generated animation over uh, this bunch of base vectors, it's actually hand-drawn animation over these base vectors and it was there was an ai created and the ai was given all of this hand-drawn line work and the ai was basically it used the line work to make these images but the ai wasn't perfect because it was so new so what they did was the animators themselves by hand every single time that ai would cut the lines that the ai used came off just a little bit they would literally stop and fix it by hand and eventually the ai actually evolved so it could do it itself wow that's super interesting so uh, it's 3dness comes from being computer aided animation but it's more closely related to 2d animation just handled mostly by a computer yeah. With some human training. Exactly. It's hand, it was given all these hand-drawn line work. And then the computer was told, here's your line work. Instead of us inputting it into the computer, it was basically put in, here's line work instead of computer-generated vectors. And here, AI used this line work. And the reason that they did that and the reason that it was, fil- it was filmed in such a way, and I don't want to give away too, too much from you know, yeah, you our podcast. Yeah, you got to from your show, yeah. Right. But the coolest thing about it is, and everybody can try this because I did myself, my husband and I actually watched it the other night just to test this theory. The animators wanted it to look in such a way, they wanted it to look hand-drawn, but be so fluid that at any point in the movie, and anybody can try this, go watch the film. And at any point, any second, doesn't matter. Stop the movie. Just pause it. And the line work and the the art will be so crisp and so clear because of the way it's drawn that it looks like you could pull it out of a comic book. You could literally slap it on your desktop as, you know, as a background. There's no movement. Nothing is fuzzy because of the way it was filmed. It's so cool. So cool. There's so much. Yeah. To for the fact that an entire new animated program and AI was created just for this film is just absolutely incredible. I'll let, you know, I'll let you guys go. I just wanted to tell you, but no, this, I've uncovered so many neat things about how this was animated and how this was made that it was just really cool. And I'll, I'll talk about all that in my podcast, but yeah, definitely. It's awesome. Real, a uh, real yeah. quick question before you go. I, and I just want you to correct me if I'm right or wrong on this. Uh, I heard that they also like they basically left that program or that software. They're basically like, here it is world. Like they're not keeping it as a proprietary secret type of thing. Like now this now the software is a thing and they're okay with people using it. I don't know the exact answer to that, but basically what I found is animation has completely evolved now. And the one, actually the animated movie that immediately comes to mind because it is so phenomenal is actually Disney's Moana. So everything is so incredibly detailed because it's all CGI and it's brilliant and everything like that. It's a beautiful film. But this, this program 
you can put this program up against something like that. And it is a totally different way to animate a film. And I don't know if there's any proprietary licenses or something to where Sony or whoever, I, it has completely slipped my mind who, who made this movie. I think it's Sony, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. I don't know if they are keeping it for themselves, but I do know that there was a lot of talk that they are definitely open to other studios using these animated, this animated program just because it's so new and it has opened up a whole different way to animate films. The thing that, in my opinion, made Into the Spider-Verse so it did so well is because people looked at this movie, even people who are not big on animation films looked at this and was like, Oh my God, this is incredible. And anybody I think who sees the movie agrees. You may not like Spider-Man like, but it was so well done. This is such a beautifully rendered film that I mean, and it has, this program has now made it possible to make things look almost Vintage. I love it when I hear about these new things that are created for a movie. And it was. This was created just for Into the Spider-Verse. And I guarantee you we will see more films that use this AI and use this program and look this way. But it's not just that. And like I said in my podcast, I'll talk about all sorts of things with the animation. But there were so many things done in this film that actually have not been done ever before for any animated film that made it look the way it did because i'm me and before it even come up in this thing as soon as you mentioned that it was this unique kind of animation that they uh, they made new software for i started looking it up right away so one piece of software they used is open source but it has to do with the color management and uh, it's it's more techie than just well i mean their animation stuff i'm sure super techie it's using uh, machine learning but That's not exactly what we're talking about. However, according to this article from 2018, the end of 2018, Sony was seeking patents for their animation tech on this movie. So I'm guessing it's not going to be open source. I want it. I want it so bad. I want it, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't simply because of how well this movie did and how everybody was so taken in about the beauty of the animation and the quality of this. It would not surprise me. I mean, we know that every big studio, Blue Sky, Illumination, Disney, they all have their own ways that they animate things. That's why you can look at a, a DreamWorks movie and put it up against a Disney movie. And not only do the way the characters look it's different, but also the colors, the saturation, the way they move, and, and how things are animated is totally different. Each studio has their way to animate things. And it, it depends on how much money you have as a studio to how innovative you can get. But I am just absolutely in awe. I really am. I'm so impressed about Sony's ability to create this AI and the way they did things. And it's not just the program. I'll just allude to some of the other information that we'll talk about on my podcast, but also the speed at which they filmed this animation Mm -hmm. is done in ways that other movies have not done. And it made for just really, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm literally gushing at this movie because of all (laughs) the stuff that I have found. I'm excited to listen to your episode on this movie, <laughs> but I'm into, you know, I'm into that aspect. I'm into the, the technical, like how, how visuals are done. Yeah. So I'm very interested here. 
I, I have actually looked around to find out what the exact name of this new program, and I can't find too much on it. So again, it would not surprise me if Sony is keeping this under lock and key. If they were smart, they would let other people at least use it a little bit because the more the AI learns, the better it's going to be at its job, right? I think that if people for Sony were able to develop this AI, there is no reason why somebody for, you know, animators from another studio aren't smart enough to, to um, adapt or to, to create something very, very similar. I have no doubt we'll see similar things from other studios, but you know, this is the first one. And I just, I think it's amazing. It's a pretty cool use of machine learning and, it's one of those things where I guarantee there are people working on the software now that yeah. hopefully will end up open source or something at some point. But it's one of those things where the people are still figuring out the various interesting things they can do with machine learning. Mm-hmm. And now that somebody's like, you know, in this case, Sony's like, hey, we did this with this, this new uh, this new method. As soon as they say you know, we use machine learning to train it online so it could basically, instead of rendering polygons and, and as you said, vector vectors of colors, it's going to use this as its base. I, I guarantee that a bunch of people are like, oh, that's pretty smart, and started working on their own version. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah, yeah. They'll develop other things. I would be really excited if I saw other movies that use these programs and use these techniques because, in my opinion, again, I'm not a massive Spider-Man fan. I'm not a massive comic book fan by me. I, you know, I, I watch, you know, I, I watch the Marvel movies and stuff. My husband is, but I'm not. But this Into the Spider-Verse has got to be in my top tens. And it's not just the animation. The story was great. The characters with, yes, Melanie, I, I agree with you. Spider-Ham was on my low end of, I just thought, you know, it didn't add much. I get why they added him to the film, but in my opinion, didn't add much. But, you know, everything in this movie was so good. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, Maggie, I think you just derailed (laughs) two hours of my day that I'm now going to spend to research into this animation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Didn't mean to, but... Don't be sorry. I'm excited for it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No no, problem. I I think they definitely... I mean, again... That's the thing with this. I, yeah, it has other stuff going on for it, but the animation and it works so well in that Jasper says we need Maggie on GCU. I just read that and Jasper, like my entire day has been made from by that comment. I'm really honored you said that. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Okay. That's, I think that's a great idea. We should, um, we should have a crossover where we have, Oh, that's an even better idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, I, I would I would love that. No, I'm I'm not joking when I say this. I will literally say this that I, I listen I've listened to podcasts for so long. I love them. They're great. The first time I listened, I had go- listened to actually Lunchbox Live, just this. And to be completely honest, it, I just happened upon it last week i think it was and mm-hmm. i have listened ever since then and listened to um you know podcast episodes you guys put out you guys are awesome and you listening to your podcast honestly has made me go i really want to make my own like i've always wanted to but your yeah. podcast the Grolix crew and everything you guys are all so awesome that it's made me go okay now i actually want to do this so you guys gave me the kick in the butt that to to do this so wow. i love that <laughs> I love that. 
That's I great. Well, yes, thank Jasper, you. That's, I do. That's awesome. I've been listening to Grolix, uh, you know, Cinematic. Year. I've been listening to all your podcasts. I listen to them while I'm at work and on my lunch breaks, of course, and, and things like that. So, yes, no, I'm a, I mean it when I say I'm a big fan of all your guys' work. Thank you. I like that. No problem. Awesome. Hey, real quick, before you go, wh- you obviously have a lot to say about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse <laughs> and animation. Where, When and where can people hear you talk about that more? No problem. So I am going to be, my husband and I, we're starting a new podcast. Our first episode is actually a live cast. It's going to be right here on CastBox. It's called Cellmates, C-E-L Mates. Um, and the first episode is going to premiere on July 14th, which is next Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. Yes, lots of talk about Into the Spider-Verse and, and lots of other really cool things. So we will see you guys there. All right. Thanks for calling in, Maggie. It's always appreciated. No yes, Matt D. also said Grolix made made him start podcasting. Yeah, I love that we have that. I don't know why, why, but I, I love when we have that effect on people. It's me and Jasper, I think, because we're... Um... <laughs> the two least interested in podcasting and podcast. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it, though, because, I mean, you guys are very um, ambitious type people, or maybe not ambitious. You know, you, you get stuff done. I don't do anything. Neither. I mean, Jasper doesn't really either. I'm sorry, Jasper. I love you. But, you know, we're just here. But if we can make a podcast with us, then anybody can do it. Come on. You're the on-air talent. <laughs> Well, okay. you got to have that. That's how I felt like I started to like, I'm just, I'm just here, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but you've done your own podcast and stuff. And you, I, you, you listen to podcasts. That's yeah, the yeah. difference. Like that's, you know, separates me and you from Melanie and Jasper. We listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. And I, I do. Have, I like to tinker. So I started to a little bit. I, I listened to half of our, no, I listened to like two minutes of an episode, but still. That's that's started. Okay, so it was one of ours, though. <laughs> yeah, but that's something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I didn't expect Spider Man to go on this long this episode, but I, I'm good with it. Let's go ahead and do. You guys have any idea for star ratings? I know I already said mine. I think so. Ooh, if you don't, uh, at least four, good. maybe four point five. It's it's one of it's one of my favorite animated features for sure. It, I, I don't know if it it's kind of on the same level for me as Mask of the Phantasm, and I hold that movie in high regards. So, yeah, four point five maybe. Okay, I am not. I'm not as big of a fan. I mean, it does look good, and it's interesting, kind of funny, but there's it's 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 kind of basic for me. It feels a little basic. So I'm only going to go three and a half. Is that's a is this ratchet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't use that lingo. And also, everybody, sorry for missing. There's been some great comments in the chat, and I'm sorry we have we didn't get around to all those. Um, Matt says uh, Matt gives it four point one two five six seven eight stars out of five. I'm going to go four stars because I think it is excellent. There are the problems that I mentioned where there are kind of some formulaic stuff that always drags a movie down for me, but at least it doesn't completely fail at that. Another plus that I didn't get around to mentioning is when I was, I looked it up at, what was it, like 96? The Fox animated Spider-Man show I watched all the time. It was one of the three superhero, 90s superhero cartoons that, that I was obsessed with. 
but beyond that, I don't really read Spider-Man. I haven't really, I've seen most of the movies, but you know, I like Spider-Man. He's not my favorite character, but this definitely had moments where I'm like, this is why I like Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, a little misty. Yeah, sure. Real quick, it's not anything to do with it's just one of the things that bothered me. If you ride around on somebody's face being pulled by a train, that person is going to be dead. Okay? Okay, that's it. No, there's some cartoon logic going on. Oh, I do want to say one other thing. Lots of action. It has a little bit of the problem where I've heard people complain, and I don't know that it's a problem, but it does bug me a little bit where a lot of the especially Marvel movies or a lot of the modern family movies or family-friendly movies, I should say, or whatever, they'll hit the sentimental moments, but they won't dwell in it too long. They always cut them short with with a comedic moment. And that happens a lot in this movie. It's not, I don't know. I don't know if it's a pro or con, but it's it's something I noticed. The action is so well done. I really love the action scenes. And there are so much. Like, the movie moves so fast to a point where that could almost be a con, but I, I enjoyed it. Okay, we don't really have time to do news. It's, there's no news anyway. There's one piece of news <laughs> I wanted to mention. Okay, yes, sir. All of classic Doctor Who is now streaming for free. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. What? It's on Pluto TV, which is an app I've been using off and on for a little bit. This is not a sponsored sponsored thing. This is not an advertisement. But um, basically, it's so weird. If you feel nostalgic for cable. You know, where it's not on demand and you have commercials, but, you know, you get a channel flip. Pluto TV is like it's a free streaming service that's basically cable. Hmm. They have, I don't know, a bunch of channels, some pretty good stuff, some just weird stuff. And they do have some on demand stuff, but they just got a license for classic Doctor Who. And it's they have. So there's a classic Doctor Who channel streaming Doctor Who all the time now. And I love it. I I just discovered that. Yeah. Randy likes even the old ones that don't have the the movie anymore just audio oh oh yeah the uh the recreations yeah where they yeah I, they're not streaming those oh, unfortunately okay. well then they don't have all of doctor who do they no well no one but technically no one even the bbc doesn't have all of doctor who that's true but yeah that's i don't know that's awesome and i almost of course it'd be better if it was on demand but i, I almost like it because it's not because I didn't ever have the thing where, like, I never watched it on PBS, which is where it would play over here, the classic series. So I never had the thing where I'd, like, randomly tune into the middle of, you know, a five-episode arc and just start watching. So I'm kind of excited for that, where you could just turn it on and just jump into the middle of whatever Doctor <laughs> Who's playing. It's, it's uh, <laughs> it leaves something to be desired. Because that's, that's most of my confusion with Doctor Who, like, jumping back into it is like, I thought I remembered this, but this was, I, I thought I remembered this as the fourth doctor, but it was actually a third doctor thing. So as a kid, like it, it muddled with my brain a bit. Well, like half of the stuff is it's the third and the fourth and the sixth and the, you know, yeah. because they keep, they keep coming back no matter what we do. Dang Daleks. <laughs> Those Daleks. Then uh, also- Daleks ruined me by the way, because we saw C-3PO and the, the other one, or not C-3PO. R2-D2. R2-D2, R2-D2, yeah. That little red one, and a couple other ones. And I, the whole time, I'm like, it looks like a Dalek. They all look like Daleks. All of all little robots look like Daleks to me that run around on wheels and have brown heads. They're all Daleks. <laughs> uh, no, she was talking about R2-D2 and R... Wait, I have the card right here. R2-R9, who we saw. Uh, 
so if Facebook ever gets its act together, you guys should hop over to the Grolix Podcast Facebook page. Just uh, throw Grolix Podcast, G-R-A-W-L-I-X, podcast at the end of uh, Facebook.com slash. <laughs> that was a roundabout way. And hopefully it doesn't look like crap still, but I uploaded a video that we recorded at last weekend's uh, Ocomicon Expo, Ocon Expo. And yeah, we ha- interviewed a, a robot. It was pretty fun. It was. We need to end this episode, though. Whoa. <sighs> there have been a lot of great comments that we didn't get to, and I'm sorry for that, guys. But there's, yeah, good comments. All right, everybody. Remember, we dropped down to three days a week, so we'll be uh, streaming Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. However, next week, uh, there should be a new GCU episode. Right, Jasper? So long as we actually record it. And which is not Jasper's fault. It's my fault. We haven't yet. And uh, yeah, that's it. Check us out on here on Livecast, Grolix Podcast, Grolix Cinematic Universe, and go to GrolixPodcast.com. Or you can, if you listen to podcasts elsewhere, I don't know why you're here, but if you do, we're there too. So have a good hump day, everybody. And Wacky, if wacky the, Wednesday. If you're somewhere that celebrates 4th of July, don't blow your fingers off. Yeah, don't do that. Oh, shucks. We got the fun out. Is that your plan? Well, no. <laughs> Usually I just burn some holes in my shirt, and that's good enough, but you know. Maybe I can help you this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a good fourth, everybody. Have a good Wednesday and Thursday. We'll talk to you Friday. Yeah. Yep. What an e- Wow, this has been an episode. <laughs> it has. That's <laughs> what I say when I don't know what else to say during the outro. Yeah. See Matt, Maggie, Jasper, everyone else who I might not be on first name basis with. Thanks for listening. So while we were recording about uh, Into the Spider-Verse, Axton actually sent me a message and is like, hey, I got an extra ticket for uh, the new Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. And oh, like, sweet. Oh, Are you going? No, I won't be able to go because it's oh. dojo night. I got to go. I got to go karate. Go oh. karate some some kids. Watch up, kids. You get to get karate. That sounds better. I I enjoyed I enjoyed the first Tom Holland Spider Man movie, so I'm curious about the sequel. I yeah, I am too. I, I wish I was going to the Spider Man's, but I am not. Look for look for that review in the hashtag in the future. All right, everybody, thanks again. We're really gonna go, and you two, my co-hosts, I'll yeah. talk to you guys later. All right. All right. <laughs> Oh, uh, you both get the sexy voice. <laughs> Wait, is that my sexy voice? That's disappointing. No, that's <laughs> Good, thanks. Yeah. Ooh.